be here because I know you might see it as just a while she's saying that, but I remember when Jack Turner was saying something about um, not being comfortable speaking and then now speaking. And I will say that was me as well. I came to Cornerstone 2016 and listening to people praying out loud, I used to think to myself, <laughs> that would be the day. And it was like, never. I mean, it was nice to hear people, but I never saw myself doing that. And with time, a few years ago, God gave me, well, a verse struck me. It's like sometimes you're reading the Bible and one verse just jumps out at you. And it was Proverbs 31, 8 to 9. And I thought I've read Proverbs 31 so many times. I mean, when you think about Proverbs 31, what comes to mind? Proverbs 31, woman, exactly. For the first time a few years ago, I saw verses 8 and 9. He said, speak up for the voiceless, for those appointed to death, for the oppressed. And after that, I said, God, yes. And each time I've had that opportunity, I've said yes, whether I felt prepared or not. So, well, God will do what he can. And for me, the justification is God qualifies the unqualified. It's not because we are able or because we have special skills. It's because we say yes. And that's the key thing about obedience. But before I go ahead, I just want to say thank you to all the men in the house. Thank you, Ash, because there are men behind the scenes that we don't see. Thank you, Nat. Thank you to all the men in the house and for all the fatherly roles you play. Paul said you have many guides. Paul, as far as we know, didn't have any children. But he said he was the father. So the many roles, and we're not saying men are perfect. We're not saying, or at least as in, we all disappoint, we all get things wrong. We all do. I mean, if there's anybody who doesn't, please, anybody? <laughs> okay, yeah. But you know what? God loves us all the same, and God has a plan. And it was not like that in the beginning. So I will take you through a bit of a long journey so that it all makes sense. And we'll go to the beginning. When Eruke was singing earlier, I don't want to disappoint you by not singing. <laughs> she, she talked about God being our Alpha and Omega. And it just brought to mind that song, You Are Yahweh, the Lord. Alpha and Omega says, You are Yahweh, Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh, yeah. you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh Alpha and Omega, you are Yahweh, Alpha and Omega, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, Alpha and Omega, he's our Alpha, he's our Omega, he's our beginning, he's our end, he's our Genesis, he's our revelation. And in Genesis, the Lord made everything good. Yahweh made everything good. Man was meant to enjoy it. And going through Genesis, we're now in Joshua. And eventually we'll end up in Revelations, the great banquet where the bride and the Lord are united. But in the beginning, when Yahweh made the promise, has anybody got Genesis 128? Okay. 
Yes, please. So God gave a mandate. And it said God blessed them, male and female. Okay, the female, he said, be the helpmeet. God gave a mandate. It was for them to possess the land. He said they would be fruit fruitful. They would have descendants. He said, blessing. It will make them a blessing to all the nations. And we can see it in the life of the Israelites. And that then being evidenced in the church, that is God's purpose for them to be a blessing. Protection and presence. God was with the Israelites through their journey in the wilderness while they were in exile. He was always with them. That's what a father does, protecting, providing. And he said he made them a blessing to all nations, gave them guidance and deliverance. And the plan was for them to be fruitful and take over the land. But then something happened. So we had this saint. I call it the saint who then became a sinner by disobedience and needed a savior. How did the saint become a sinner? Because of disobedience. Satan deceived. And everything changed. So man was no longer in charge. But God always has a plan. He had a plan from the beginning. And gradually that plan unfolds. So he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Even when we miss our way, he is the way. So it's for us to keep our eyes on Yahweh. To keep our eyes on our Heavenly Father. Situations on earth may let us down. Things may happen. Keep our eyes on Yahweh. So the saint becomes a sinner because of sin and Satan. He needs a savior to deliver him from the power of sin. Because because of sin, what, what does Paul say? He said, that which I will to do. Sometimes we have very good intentions. I'm going to do this. We really want to do it. But it falls apart because of the power of sin. And that's still at work. Anyway, so in Joshua 21 to 9, we've been going through Joshua as they were, just like God told them, taking the land. And reading Joshua 21 to 9, Joseph, you got that? Thank you. Yeah, um, Joshua 20, verse 1 to 9, um, King James. The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for your cities of refuge, whereof I speak unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unaware and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he had doth flee, one of those cities shall stand at the entry of the gate of the city, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city. They shall take him into the city unto them, and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up unto his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come unto his own city and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. And they appointed Kadesh in Galilee, in Mount Naphtali, and Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and Kajat Abba, which is Hebron in the mountain of Judah. And on the other side, Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezai in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth in Gilead 
out of the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan, out of the tribe of Manasseh. Verse 9, these were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. Thank you. Did anyone get that? <laughs> okay. It's a bit of a long text, but it's about God having a plan. It's just like we, are, we all have first aid kits as well for our children. When something goes wrong, something to fix it. So God knew, given our nature, things will go wrong. So he put a plan in place. It was the city of refuge, a plan for sin. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, there had been a plan for redemption. God said, you know, about the seed that would come. God then gave Abraham a promise for Israel to show his plan for redemption for us. And in um, Joshua 21 to 9, it talks about the cities of refuge. So people can get things, they can, um, when we sin, sometimes it's not deliberate. And I know I've told the story before when I was driving on City Way and I smashed a side mirror. That wasn't, yesterday I got a ticket from Nottingham <laughs> for driving in the bus lane. <laughs> and it wasn't deliberate, but still got to pay it, 35 pounds. Well, that's not funny <laughs> because... Well, I'm not used to going there. And I just go with wherever the navigator takes me. So sometimes we offend for doing the wrong things. It could be intentional. I deliberately did not go in the bus lane. It was unintentional. But sin has its consequences. So God made provision. And he was said, if you kill somebody accidentally, there is a place of safety. Because if you kill somebody accidentally, you've taken somebody's life. If you've taken somebody's life, what should be the penalty? Death. So God said, no, some people's can, this can happen to people without them wanting to do it because God is a spirit. He judges our motives. He sees our hearts. He knows that this is not our intention. So he provided cities of refuge. And sorry, I don't have the map on the screen, but it was, he made it three cities on each side of where the Israelites were in the promised land. So you could look at it as the river Jordan going through the middle, one, two, three cities here, one, two, three cities here, so that if you sin, you don't have to travel from the north, sorry, to the south. You don't have to travel far. And it just reminded me of Jesus being there. When you do something wrong, who best to turn to? God. And God is closer than we think. There's a song that says, um, I'm not singing it because I can't remember it. You know, it, it talks about Jesus closer than the mention of his name. I thought David or, or Jane might know that song. It's a very old song. Give <laughs> <laughs> me <meaning> that way. <laughs> that, that was actually total respect because I thought, yes, you'd know the foundational songs. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he, he talks about it's, it's, he, Jesus closer than the mention of his name. As you say his name, Jesus, he's right there. He's in our every breath. So it's calling on Jesus. And that's what the cities of refuge were. But the principle there was also, there was always, every family had like a go-to person called the kinsman, the goel. So if somebody in your family, for instance, as it happened in the Old Testament where... Um, 
I mean, there was the story of Ruth. Say somebody killed a member of the family. The person to deal with the matter was the Goel, the king's man, the redeemer. He would be the one to make sure that justice was served. So the um, role of the king's man was avenging the blood, redemption, also redemption of property. So responsibility to redeem family property because you'd have issues because of sin also. Well, what do we do sometimes? You get stealing, killing, destroying. So th this Goel, this family representative would ensure that family property or family estate, as we may call it now, was preserved. And if a man died without leaving an heir to um, take over his um, property or his widow, then it was the duty of the king's man to make sure that this widow was taken care of, to marry her, look after her, because in marriage, that's what God expects, to care for the woman. And that was what happened with Ruth. So there was the king's man who was meant to take care of Ruth, uh, and he said no. So who was the next person? So if one person, it's like when you have next of kin, it could be one, two, three. So if the first person says no, the second, there's a second person in line, just like heirs to the throne. And God made all those provision for us when things go wrong. Not just when we sin, also to protect us, to preserve us, if somebody does bad to us. So these responsibilities were based on the notion of preserving the family line, providing security and support to family members, and ensuring justice to um, the community. And the passage um, Joseph read, now, if somebody was guilty, what would happen? So the high priest makes a decision, like they did when Jesus was crucified, the high priest had to make a decision and justice would be served. If the person was in the city of refuge, God is such a kind father. Even though the, the person being in the city of refuge does not mean he should be ill-treated. So we're still entitled to work, to be taken care of, to be provided for. It was like being exiled from the community because the situation wasn't clear. The person has done something wrong but didn't do it deliberately. So you're not staying with the community. You're staying in the city of refuge. And you stay there until the high priest dies. Once the high priest dies, you can now come back from exile and stay with everybody like it should be. Now, if we liken it to the New Testament, who is our high priest? Do we do things wrong? If we do things wrong, how do we feel? Bad, guilty, shame. And sometimes we don't even do things wrong and we still feel guilty. There's false guilt. But the enemy just looks for anything to make us feel bad. So God's made provision for all of that. Guilty or not guilty. I love a verse in the Bible where it's in Ephesians where it says, guilty yet without blame because the price was paid. Now I talked about my ticket, which I got yesterday, which I wasn't happy about. But once it's paid, if somebody comes to my door, and says they want to seize something because of an offense I've done. Do they have the right? Exactly. I mean, has anybody ever got a ticket? Because I'm talking about my ticket. I don't know if anybody else has. Did you pay it? <coughs> or is it still outstanding? 
<laughs> Who's paid the ticket? Oh, okay, you did your line. Oh, the appeal. Okay, okay. What? Who's paid the ticket? Who's paid? Yeah. Okay. So you paid it. Now, if somebody comes to, if a bailiff comes to your house to say the ticket from seven years ago, because that's in accrues if you don't pay it. If, and they decide they want to take your possessions and you've paid it, do you have a right? Do they have a right? Why? That's what Jesus did for us. That's our ticket. When we take communion, we're saying it's paid in full. The high priest died for, has died. Jesus was a high priest. So he paid with his life. What, what's the antidote for death? Absolutely. Thank you, life. And that's why the Bible says the life is in the blood. What did Jesus do? He gave his life. Your ticket is paid. So if anything comes to mind, whether it's guilt or shame, you might, it's all, I'm not talking about feelings. The feelings will come. You feel, oh my goodness. Then you have to remind yourself. It's paid in full. Look at that big check, red mark or check mark or tick or whatever, you know, that big mark. Paid in full. So if anything threatens and says you're not good enough, you're guilty, you're bad because of something you did. He didn't pay. He's not going to pay it. It's been paid. And can I tell you about another one? A ticket. No, a ticket this time. <laughs> I'm not going around the town doing things. <laughs> but these things happen. <laughs> so it was Cityway and um, it, it, the, the ticket's different. The Cityway Mirror one, after I drove past, and I thought, oh my goodness, I don't need this on this morning. What am I going to do? And cars were coming. I checked stop. Someone said, oh, it happens every day. Go on. And I thought, no, that's wrong. I've got to stop. So I stopped. The car, the van was parked. There was nobody there. So how was I to know whose van it, it was? And I kept thinking, what should I do? Anyway, I put a, a, a note on the um, windscreen. And as I did that, two men came out laughing and they went, oh, so look at what someone's done. So I said, I'm sorry, it's me. I was feeling so bad because I was just thinking, how much am I getting? This is a van's mirror. You know, I said, it's me. And I put a note on your windscreen. So I said, oh, don't worry about it. Huh? I was like, this can't be true. He said, actually, the, the part of the mirror had been smashed before and he had ordered the whole unit and it was arriving that day. Paid in full. And I was thinking, and in fact, I actually remember, when, that was when we were doing romance in um, Bible, in the Grow Group. And the day before, I was thinking about all these things, about joy, um, justification, propitiation, all the big words. I'm like, God, and I was so glad when that happened because I understood the meaning of justified. And as I walked away, I still felt a bit guilty. And I remembered, justified, just as if it never happened. Because he said, I didn't need to do anything. Now, if I continued feeling bad and feeling guilty, did it change the fact that it was paid? I'm just allowing the enemy to flog my mind. So my possession was paid in full. My inheritance was paid in full. It was up to me to 
possess it. I could stand there and keep saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. It didn't change. And the man would just think, is she okay? So paid in full. That's what Jesus did. Everything that negates life, everything contrary to life, sin, sickness, sadness, guilt, it comes from the enemy. It comes from the root of sin. It comes from sin that births death. And that's why Jesus gave his life. It's paid in full. So with um, the cities of refuge, they had to stay in exile, in bondage, kind of. They were saved, they were okay, but they were not living in the fullness of the promise. But once the high priest died, they could then come out and leave. And that's what Jesus has done for us. So... In the New Testament, the concept of possession takes on the spiritual dimension. We need to look at it. The God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's focusing on that spiritual realm, what God has done. In Joshua, they were taking lands. What is our land? What is our inheritance? Anybody? Heaven? Till we get there. The promises of God, eternal life. For as many as received him, gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, one thing about the city of refuge as well, it wasn't just for the Israelites. He said, for us, and it's the same parallel with the New Testament. It says, for as many as received him, it wasn't just when the Jews believed in Jesus. Even if that's why Jews and Gentiles, that reminds us also of the story of Rahab. Rahab was not an Israelite. The city, God is such a merciful God because his plan is for the whole of humanity. So the cities of refuge was for the Israelites. It was for the, the pagan people in the promised land as well. It's the promises of God is for everyone. So the, it takes me to another story because we've looked at possession. We've looked at God's promise. And a few weeks ago was a Saturday morning and I knew I had things to do, but I really didn't feel like getting up. It wasn't, I wasn't unwell. I was just feeling lazy. And I knew I had the power to get up, but you know when you just feel like a lion and you're justifying it in your head and you're not taking the day, you're not possessing the land until, thank God for summer, one of these big flies came flying through. Those things make me feel, uh, <laughs> I flew out of bed. And as I chased it out, I thought I just, it, it didn't even take long to go out. And I was like, Father, thank you. That must be God sending that thing that it's time to get up, you know. And it just occurred to me, how many times do we really have the power and we don't do what we're meant to do? It's not because the Holy Spirit hasn't empowered us. It's not because the promises are not ours. And it was the same thing with the Israelites. God gave them the promises, but did they possess all the land? Sorry? They never did. But God keeps his promises. And I was reading um, Nikki Gumbel's Bible in a year. A few days ago. The story was about this woman, and you may have heard similar stories before, who was living on the streets and died there on the streets in penury. 
but she actually had inherited a lot of wealth, but never lived in that wealth. And I don't, from what I gathered, it wasn't because she didn't know. And sometimes we know, but we don't take hold of it. Sometimes we know, it could be with your job, it could be with anything. It could be with speaking to neighbors. We know what we need to do, but we don't take hold of it. it that was what happened with these. God keeps his promises. He says, for his promises are yea and amen. He gave them the land. And if we look at um, Acts 1.8, can anybody read that, please? So we have the power of the Holy Spirit is asked for the asking. The Israelites never took all of the land. It wasn't because God does not keep his promises. He said the nations of the land were even terrified of them. And I don't know if some people, sometimes people will tell you something like that. There's just something about you. I can't figure it out. You've heard that before. And sometimes people keep quiet or they act funny towards us because they just feel... There's something different about that person that makes them uncomfortable. The glory of God in us is a threat to the um, realm of darkness. So God has given us the land. He has given us his promises. And the gift of the, of the Holy Spirit is for us to ask where we're struggling. Bumi, please, can you read the, um, Joshua? Is Bumi there? Joshua, the last. So we're supposed to look at the rest of the um, Joshua 21. And Joshua 21 just talks about how they apportioned the different um, pieces of land. And also, well, there was the bit about giving the land to the Levites as well, or taking care of the Levites, because they were not meant to own anything. They said the Lord was their portion, but they were meant to be taken care of. And it's the same thing in the church. It's, Looking at it in terms of the priesthood, they didn't own physical things, but the priests, because they were doing the work of God, were meant to be taken care of. So we could look at it in the light of the church as well. Those who do, uh, who work for the church and then being taken care of. And also for us as Christians, looking at it as this world is not our home. There should be no attachment to the physical things. Our primary assignment is to do what God has called us to do, to take the land, that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. It says, Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine that men may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. Do you want to read that? Thus the Lord... Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. And it's the same thing for us. God has given us his promises. God has given us the land. Are we taking possession? Throughout um, the, 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 Paul's letters, he talks about who we are in Christ. He says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
then guilt comes and flogs our mind. It talks, I mean, do anybody else, do, do you know any other verses that talks about who we are in Christ? It talks about us being seated with Christ in the heavenly places. It's not based on what we are physically. I mean, there's another story I was reading about a small policeman, small statured policeman who um, was given instructions to somebody who was really big and tall. And he had to listen and obey because he knew where the law lay. We've got the name of Jesus to address issues. It's also reminding ourselves we're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. What promises has God given us? It could be in our workplaces. It could be in our homes. Where you work, where the Bible says, go into the world and preach the gospel, saying, take the land. Let your light shine. In our neighborhood, what are we doing? We are to take the land. We are the salt. And what does salt do? He adds flavor. And that's why we're here, to add flavor. If the world had flavor, I don't think God would ask for more flavor in it. If the world had light, we don't need light where there's light. And it's not about fighting the darkness. It's about letting our light shine. If you come into a dark room, you're not going to say, what am I going to do about the darkness? What do you do? You turn on the light. That says, let your light shine. So how are we taking on the land? What are God's promises to us? And for each person, there might be things God would have spoken to you to do that is giving you the assurance, I have given you the land. Therefore, and that's why I told Joshua, I have given you the land. Be bold, be courageous. And that's what says, be bold, be strong, for the Lord our God is with us. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord our God is with us. We are not afraid, we are not dismayed, for we are walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory, for the Lord our God is with us. Are we going to sing it with boldness then? Be bold. Be strong. Ah. <laughs> I, I, I see louder voices in football settings. Are we going to be bold? Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord our God is with us. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord our God is with us. We are not afraid. We are not dismayed, for we are walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory, for the Lord our God is with us. For the Lord our God is with us. And I'll throw that beating about, it's not about feelings. It's about the truth. It's not about feelings. You don't have to feel that God is with you. Whether you feel it or not, it does not change that God is with you. Whether you feel um, bold or not in terms of, I can do it. It's not about, I mean, all the jobs we all do here. The first day on the job, did you feel very confident? 
neither did I. And I have to say the first time, actually one of my most frightening moments, I have to say was once it was in Charing Cross Hospital and they said, they had to transfer someone and they said, we need you to authorize us to confirm what ambulance you want. I'm coming from Nigeria, my first job, first year, telling me to say what ambulance, me? I was like, do these people know who I am? <laughs> because I didn't, they said, the, the, the bed manager needs to know. So I didn't even know what type of ambulances there were. I'm being honest. <laughs> Is it flashing blue light or this, 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 this? Till today, I don't know how I made the decision. It's like, and you keep a straight face. Inside, I was dead. <laughs> I was like, what if I make a wrong decision? I'd never had to. And it's the same thing. It's not based on feelings. It's what God has said we are. And the final story, it was a friend who decided she wanted a new name. And because she was so used to the old name, each time people called her by her new name, guess what? She didn't answer. She said this went on for a long time. And they then wondered, is that not your name? So she really had to remind herself, this is who I am. This is my new name. And we do that as well. We forget that the Bible says we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That he, we have a new identity. We're not the defeated. Our high priest has died and has risen. And the newness of life that he gives is ours. And he has said, guilty yet without blame. He has said, paid in full. Everything that threatens guilt, shame, fear, paid in full. And it's standing on that promises. I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind.